Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day, for this time that we get to gather together in your name because of the gospel, because you've called us, because you've made us brothers and sisters, and that we get to look forward to your ongoing work in our brother. God, you give each one of us gifts. You give each one of us things to do, and you're the one who provides the grace and the strength to do those things, and we're so grateful for that. So just thank you for being here with us. Work through this word that we're going to hear today. And uh, thank you for blessing our brother and blessing us with him. In Jesus' name, amen. 1 Peter chapter 4, starting at verse 7. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be alert and sober-minded for prayer. Above all, maintain constant love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without complaining. Just as each one has received a gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. If anyone speaks, let it be as one who speaks God's words. If anyone serves, let it be from the strength that God provides so that God may be glorified through Jesus Christ in everything. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. I love how that particular passage points out whether we're uh, showing love, whether we're being hospitable, whether we're serving, whether we're teaching, it's to be done in the grace and the strength that God provides. He's the, he's the vine, we're the branches, and um, we're reminded that we can do nothing except through him. It is an honor and privilege to stand up here before you today. What a day. As we will today ordain Justin, cheat him into the ministry. What a day to celebrate Living Way Community Church and what God has done. I thank him so much. In my prayers, that we're able to continue to pass the torch that one may be able to go into the world and spread the good news of Jesus Christ. What I would like to share with you this morning, and Justin, just as much as it is for you and your family, it is for this church. Paul is at the end of his life. He is in a cell, and he is about to be beheaded. You see, Nero had then come in control and had blamed Christians for uh, the, the burning of Rome. Persecution was great. And Paul knew that he had run the race and he had fought the fight. But he knew as he left this world that he had encouragement and had the opportunity to share the good news and the work of Christ with a young man by the name of Timothy. You see, Timothy would accompany Paul on his second and third missionary journeys and would become the pastor of a wicked place called Ephesus. As Paul would write to Timothy at Ephesus, he would share these words, and I pray that if you have your Bibles, you stand with me with your Bibles and read 2 Timothy 4. Please stand with me as we read, or you can look up on the screen 
Okay, that's, that's not 2 Timothy 4, that's 1 John. As, uh, if you have your Bibles, read with me as we read in 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. 2 Timothy 4, 1 through 5. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by His appearing and His kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season to reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. But you be sober in all things, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. You may be seated. Paul says, Timothy, I charge you in the presence of God. This is a legal term, as Paul is a witness before God. This says, I charge you in the presence of God and Jesus Christ, the judge of the living and the dead, and by His appearing in His kingdom. What authority that word comes from. So many people, Justin, will come into this world and claim to be messengers of the truth. But I can assure you that anything, as Paul would say, apart from the gospel, is wrong. It's blasphemous. He says, in the presence of Christ Jesus, preach the word. The Greek word is logon, logos. Jesus will be referred to as the word. The word logos comes with power and authority. You have two words for word in the New Testament, rhema and logos. Logos comes with power. Jesus Christ breathed this word. Every piece of Scripture, my brother, is God-breathed, and you preach it. To be ready in season and out of season, what does that mean? Every day. Whether it is good, whether it is bad during that day, be prepared to preach the Word. God's Word is worthy of preaching and of praise every day. Don't ever forget that. Preach the Word. To reprove, rebuke, and, and exhort. Sometimes as we was talking about the Thor hammer, it's got to be dropped. And what I mean by that is, please listen to me. Doctrine matters. They are those who will teach something contrary to the gospel. Let me assure you that it is Jesus plus nothing. It is by God's grace, through faith in Christ, in Christ alone, preach the Word. When those say something contrary against it, you stand up for it. Look at this generation and how we've wimpified Jesus and we've wimpified men. We don't even know who we are. But be a voice. I cannot change a soul, my brother. Neither can you or any person in here. But the Word of God can change lives. Preach the Word. 
not only to reprove and rebuke, to reprimand and to hold accountable, but exhort. Have compassion. Be humble. And encourage one another in the ways of the Lord. You see, I think a lot of times is even ministers will get up and preach on hell like they enjoy people going there. Anytime you speak on hell, brother, you do it with a tearful eye. Because people are going there. And as I try to give everybody a constant reminder that if anybody goes to hell in this world, they ought to be tripping over you on the way. If you claim to be a believer in Jesus Christ, people should trip over you on the way to hell. For you are the example. And you exhort one another with great patience and instruction. Patience. Oh boy. I've heard all my life, you know, I don't want to ask God for patience because He'll give me opportunities to be patient. Maybe that's what you need. Because everybody doesn't always do what we think they should do when they should do it. Now listen to me. Brother, I'm going to tell you, there'll be times when you want something done. Understand just like the Word of the God can, the Word of God can only convict somebody's heart and come to it when He's ready to convict them. Please listen. You can't save a soul. I've made that abundantly clear. I've never saved anybody. But God has used me as an instrument many times to share His good news and let Him take care of the results. The one thing I will share is Bible gives us clear indications. Some people may receive the word of God like Paul on the way to Damascus when it hit him and knocked him down. But the Bible said people like Lydia whose heart was circumcised to the message in which they shared. The gospel is still the gospel. But God in his time and his way will convict hearts and change lives. Be patient. Not only patient with sharing the word of God, but be patient with other people. You know, I often tell people this. The thing about ministry is whether people like you or don't dislike you, it never changes the fact that you're their pastor. You ever thought about that? A lot of people get the opportunity to go home and complain about people they like or don't like. We often like to hang around with people we like or don't like. We don't hang around with people we don't like, but we like to hang around with people we like. We sometimes may avoid situations. But as a pastor, you don't have that privilege. Always remember that everybody, regardless of what they think of you, is created in the image of Almighty God. And everyone just like you has a God-sized hole that only He can fill. Be patient. With instruction. I love to say these words because I took them from David Jeremiah, but I don't think that there's anything more clear. And you've heard me say them many times. They will not seek. They must be sought. They will not come. They must be brought. They do not know. They must be taught. Instruction is the key in the instruction in God's Word. Many people will give you answers and wisdom, but the greatest wisdom that can be found is in Scripture, which is God-breathed by the one who gives the greatest instruction. For a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled that they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. I think about that verse quite often. Look at the status of the church today. We've talked about this many times. We talked about it in our Sunday school class this morning. That every generation that begins to get soft on doctrine, it reproduces another generation that gets softer. 
And pretty soon, as I've often said, we've taken the gospel of Jesus Christ and turned it into six flags over Jesus. Because it's what we want to hear. You see, we can take any verse out of context and make it what we want to hear. But you preach the word. Because people will want to have their ears tickled. Always remember this. That you are not here to entertain, nor am I. Pastors do not entertain. When we come to worship Jesus Christ and give instruction of the Lord, it's to do for His glory, His will, that others may come to Christ. That's the sole purpose of our existence, is for the glory of God. And I want you to understand that people will turn. And I'm going to look you in the eyes as a man to say this, and some of you know this. By holding to sound doctrine, people will abandon you. People will turn on you. Friends will leave you. Family will disown you. But let me tell you this. You stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ and you let him take care of the results. Because he is greater than all things. I, I, I'm not going to tell you that it's going to be easy, my brother. And as I'll get to this a little bit later in the sermon... You stand on this text. And always follow the example of this. When people say, well, the Bible says this, show me. Show me. Brothers and sisters, this is the final authority. There's no man, there's no priest, or there's no special person in this world that's the final authority. God is the final authority, and this right here is God-breathed. Period. Don't ever forget it. Because people will turn. You see, people will use God as an end or a means. That either He'll make us happy while we live or He'll make us happy when we die. Let me tell you something. As I've said many times, our happiness, are we to be happy? Absolutely. But as a byproduct and not a prime product. We are here for the glory of God. And there's a difference between joy and happiness. Never forget that. For the time will come when they endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires. Cannot help but reminds me of Micah, who wanted a priest, and a priest that wanted to be priest, technically. So what happened was one traded idolatry for another form of idolatry. People will do that. Because they'll accumulate themselves people who want to agree with what is being taught to make them feel better. I want to encourage you that as you preach the Word of God, it don't need our help offending. God's Word offends in itself. And always understand that even those who may manipulate the Word of God, who may turn, remember that Jesus said in His own words, the path to righteousness is narrow. And few find it. Leave the results to Him. Preach the Word. And will turn away their ears from the truth. And will turn aside to myths. There's so many myths going around today. Those that say that all paths lead to heaven... Those that said, Jesus loves me like I am. I want to encourage you as I say this in the presence of God and everybody else. 
Jesus wants people to repent of their sins, not celebrate in them. Preach the word. Always remember, brother, when you preach the word, people will tell you that you shouldn't hang around sinners or it's okay to hang around sinners. Let me tell you something. When you leave the church and you go out into this world, yes, you should be around sinners. But always remember, and this is one thing for every one of us to remember, Jesus changed them. They did not change him. If you submit to the culture, then you have not submitted to Christ. Preach the word. They will turn away. But you, be sober in all things. Endure hardship. In 20 some odd years, one thing that I've learned is he that gives in an instant can take away. You see, like Paul, and I'm not comparing myself to him by no means, but I know what it's like to have and have not materialistic wise there's going to come a time when things will be hard I often say this from this pulpit many of you have heard me you're either headed toward a furnace you're in the furnace or you're coming out of one that's reality and as a minister not only will you have hardships of those who turn their back on you you may have financial hardships you may be put in places that God puts you in that are not the same as the one you're in now and I can tell you I've said this many times, and I want to encourage you some words from me to listen to this. I would rather be physically miserable and be in the will of God than spiritually miserable and be out of it. Preach the word. Endure the hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. You sow those seeds. You see, the very interesting thing about this is you may never know this side of heaven who comes to Christ. But your job is to sow that seed. Preach the word. Not only are you to sow the seed, you are to disciple and encourage other believers to sow the seeds. Everything that we say must be God-breathed. When it's the word of God, we quote the word of God. When it's our opinion, we quote it. We cannot mix the two. Because God's word come from a greater authority than me and you could ever imagine. Preach the word. You sow that seed and fulfill your ministry. A lot of people are quitting the ministry, brother. They quit it for several reasons. Number one, fear. Remember this. And this should be a lesson for all of us. Never put your faith and trust in your job, your 401k, or what anybody could pay you. Just like you, the rest of us, God is our ultimate provider. When I said hardship, let me tell you something. I know what it's like to have and have not. I learned a lot of lessons, but I'd do it again because he's worthy. And I have never been in a time where he didn't walk with me. Preach the word. You see, people quit because of fear. People quit because of fear of man. And we see that now more than ever. Because it's not politically correct or it might not make people happy in some things that you may say. 
Let me tell you something. I want to say this as a joke, and I don't mean this toward anybody. There's always going to be those that try us inside the church and outside. Stand firm on the Word of God. You see, I believe every church is like a Maytag washer. They all have an agitator. No matter where you go, there's no... I'm talking to anybody. There's no perfect church. You know why? You're in it. There's no perfect church. We're imperfect here. But we serve a perfect Christ. Preach the word. And in the world, remember, brother, they hated Christ before they hate you. Best all of us. They hated Christ first. And they will hate you. Remember, there's no place that you will ever go. There's no perfect church, no perfect world. Because as long as we're depraved people before the coming of Jesus Christ, we're going to be imperfect. But I'll tell you this. Preach the word. They quit because of fear of men. They quit because of sin. Guard your life, brother. Guard it. You see, the higher the pedestal, the further the fall. Never think that we're greater than anything because any one of us at any given time take our eyes off Jesus, we can fall. And let me tell you something. You guard your marriage. You guard your family because I promise you Satan will come after you. But you stand on the foundation of Jesus Christ and you stay steady to his word, steadfast. Hold unswervingly, as Hebrews 10, 23 tells us, to the faith that you possess because he that promised is faithful. You stand on that. Whatever chips may come, you stand on God's word, he'll take care of the results. But you guard your family, which means this, and I want to encourage you with this. Like I say, number one is Jesus Christ. He is above all, period. He is number one in your life and to be number one. God is number one. This side of heaven, your wife is number two. This side of heaven, she's number two. Number three, you're a father. Which means this side of heaven, they're number two. And number three in line. And number four, you'll be a pastor. The church is last. Because if you can't handle one, two, and three, then you can't handle number four. Guard your family. Because Satan will be active. I honestly believe that when you're called into the ministry, brother, your family is called too. Every eye will watch for you to fail. Every person will have expectations that are unrealistic. It may be discouraging. It can cause you to be discouraged. It can cause you to run towards certain ways. But hold unswervingly to the faith that you possess because he that promised is faithful. Guard your family. Some people quit because of unbelief. They see they have it so hard that they give up. Isn't that even how we are in our own faith? Where is God? Where is God when all these things happen? Why wasn't He here with me? He was. Do not be discouraged. Do not quit believing. 
Because he that promised is faithful. Preach the word. Fulfill your ministry, brother. I would like to give you a few things that I've learned that I hope will encourage you before we lay hands and pray. That I've learned in my ministry and some that I've had to learn the hard way. But number one, I want you to learn from the prayer life of David. To constantly cry out to God and praise his name because he is worthy. Leonard Ravenhill once said that a man's, a man's, a man's ministry is no greater than his prayer life. You stay on your knees and you pray. Whether you're on your knees, whether you're going up the road to work, you pray and seek God for wisdom. I think one of the things that really shocked me is the average pastor spends less than six minutes a day in prayer. Christ is worthy of more. He's worthy more than that. Spend time in prayer, my brother. Pray together as a family. Pray together as, with your spouse. I've often heard this saying that we've all heard many times, a family that prays together stays together. Now, I believe that is true. Because a family that prays together recognizes one important thing, that God is the one that holds all things together. And you're to look to him in prayer. Learn from the prayer life of David. But also learn from the leadership of Josiah. You see, when they rediscovered the Word, he realized that the Word of God transforms lives. Put your leadership and emphasis on the Word of God. Lead as the Word of God leads. Josiah taught us very quickly that those that are obedient to the Word of God can be transformed and he will bless. Learn from the encouragement of Barnabas. You see, Barnabas was encouraged to see others strong in the faith. We should be encouraged and encourage others in the work that God has called them to do. Be an encourager. But listen clearly to this one. Always praise God when being a recipient of encouragement. We need encouraging too, my brother. Pastors need pastors. Pastors need people like her and Aaron that when we get worn down, somebody's holding up our arms as we go into the fight. Praise God for your encouragers. His name is not in the Bible, but his name is one that has made a great impact and an impact on me and an impact on you. Thank God for people like the late Luther McCraw who would come up to you and say, you press on. You thank God for people like that in your life because they know that God's glory is worth it and we may get down and our heads may hang low, but there's people like him that pick us up and say, keep on pressing forward, son. That's what it means. And I thank God for the ministry of that man and I'll never forget him. He made an impact on me. He made an impact on you. Praise God for the Luthers. Number four. Stand with a courage like Stephen.
I'm going to put it to you bluntly, my friend. And I'll take off my shoes on this one. There's some doctrine worth dying for. Stand on the word. Do not sway. As Stephen stood before the religious, and as he stood there and said, You stiff-necked people! God does not dwell in buildings made by human hands. He is living. He is Jesus Christ. How many of your forefathers did you not persecute? Stand on the word. Because he is worthy. Sometimes it's tough. And there will be people to disagree. But I'll tell you this. You serve your life pleasing an audience of one. Let the other chips fall where they may. He alone is worthy. Learn to delegate and take advice like Moses. It's okay to seek godly counsel. I do it quite often. Because there are men that's walked the path that we've walked and experienced things we haven't experienced. If they're godly, you seek their counsel. But it's also okay to ask for help. You see, Moses couldn't do it alone. And he had to have help. And that's okay. But learn from this. Recognize, learn to recognize in the influence, number six, of people and their gifts like Mordecai. As the Jews were about to be persecuted severely and murdered, Esther was in a position that she could make influence. And when Mordecai heard of their plan, he influenced her said, look, who knows that you hadn't been placed on this earth for such a time as this. Be an influencer. To tell people, look, you can learn, you can grow. Press on. We need you. Use the resources of those around you. Learn never to waste an opportunity like Philip. A lot of people say, well, who's Philip? Well, the Bible tells me there was a man sitting in a chariot by, called an Ethiopian eunuch that was reading the word of Isaiah. And Philip saw that opportunity and went up to him and said, do you understand what you're reading? And he shared with him the gospel. And the man turned to him and said, what is it to prevent me from being baptized? Amen. You may never know the opportunities that are so great in your life until they've done passed you by. Learn from the witness and the opportunities like Philip. But last, number eight. Learn from all these men, but seek to be like Jesus. Every one of these men had great gifts. But you seek to draw close to Christ. Every born again believer who has been saved by the blood of Jesus should continually grow to conform to Him. No negotiation. 
as you'll encourage those that drink milk, tell them, get off the bottle, brother, and start eating some solid food. But grow in your maturity as well. You will make mistakes, but you cling to Jesus. We are to conform to Him and continually to grow in Him because in Him is the greatest thing that we have. Conform to the image of Christ. Draw close. Stand firm in love unconditionally. I want to share this with you and then we'll go to the next part of the service. I want to share something with you that I learned today. As a matter of fact, right before service, somebody was talking about you, but it wasn't gossip. It was a good thing. See, our buddy Dwayne sitting back there. Gibson told me a story that happened many years ago. He said, brother, I want to tell you what Don Elder said one day when we were out shooting. And I said, what's that? He said, I honestly believe that God's going to call Justin to preach. Now, I believe just like Don, he was not a prophet nor a son of a prophet, but God was on him. And as Dwayne sat there and he looked at his plaque, he said, well, that came to fruition. What a happy, great day for Living Way Community Church. What a day to honor his memory. Brother, what I've told you is tough. When the world will abandon you, Christ won't. I promise you. When it feels like you're the only person in the world, Christ will be there with you. Continue to surround yourself by godly people that lift you up. And continue to other people to lift them up. See, brothers and sisters as born-again believers in Jesus Christ, and whether you go to this church or another church, you want a better pastor, you pray for the one you have. I come to y'all today and I take off my shoes because I'm trying to humble myself to understand there is no greater person I put my faith in than the person of Jesus Christ. You see, one day he made a difference in my life. The gospel that he's going to preach is this. Listen. That every single one of you in this congregation is born with a God-sized hole that only Christ can fill. Your addiction, you're not going to knock it. Your desires, your lust, everything that you seek and you just to bring your life with fulfillment, you're not going to fix it. You see, we have belittled God's name. The very God that made us in His image, as you have heard me say, we've decided to do things our way instead of His. And we have disgraced and blasphemed the name of a holy God. God will not allow His name to be blasphemed. And he reserved wrath for us. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He that knew no sin became sin. And God hung his son on a cross 
and crushed him for us. But in three days, he that was fully man and fully God rose from the dead. In the same Jesus Christ that rose from the dead, that power that rose him will raise in you, all of you who believe. That's the gospel. That's the gospel that he is going to preach. You preach the gospel. We're not responsible how many come, but we're responsible to share it, brother. And I encourage you to stay true to his word. Put your feet on the foundation of the rock that's unmovable and preach the word. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I want everybody sitting right where they are. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. God, we thank you for the opportunity to stand before you, Lord. Lord, as we are committing one man into the gospel ministry, we pray that others follow suit. Because God, you are worthy to be praised and your word is worthy to be preached. God, we pray that you move in the life of Justin and his family. That just as he is going into the ministry, his family goes with him. Times may be tough, but Lord... The service is so awesome because whether good or bad, you walk with us. Give him courage, give him strength, give him peace. Lord, I pray that as he leaves here today, that Lord, you use him for his glory. Every person that is here today that has heard this message, Lord, I pray that they have a relationship with your son Jesus Christ. It's not that they know Jesus, but your son Jesus knows them. Lord, I pray if they do not, that you convict their hearts before it's eternally too late. There's none of us promised tomorrow. Lord, that we may share Christ with urgency. Lord, you clothe Justin with the full armor as he goes into this world. And we'll give you the praise and glory for it. And all God's people said... What I would like to do now, Justin, if you and your family will turn and kneel facing the congregation. And what I'm going to ask, if you're an ordained pastor, I ask that pastors come first and lay their hands on this family and pray. After that, if you're an ordained deacon, would you follow behind us? Then anybody else in the congregation that would like to lay hands on this family, uh, please do so and pray. But if you're an ordained pastor... Would you lay hands on first?
Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you thanking you again for your grace and mercy. God, we thank you for the work that you are doing in this man, this family's life. Lord, let us support them, lift them up, love them, help lead them. Whether God one day calls them across the sea or whether he calls them up the road, whether he leaves them here, Lord, may he forever be in your will. God, use his family continuously for your glory. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Justin, if you and your family would stand here for a few moments. I could call y'all up to the front here, face this way. It is the privilege and opportunity for us to share this with you. God called you, the church recommended you, and the council of men confirmed you. That it says, We, the undersigned upon the recommendation and the request of Living Way Community Church at Greer, South Carolina, which had full and sufficient opportunity for judging the God-given gifts, and after satisfactory examination by us in regard to the Christian experience to call into the ministry and views of the Bible doctrine hereby certified that Justin Colt Cheatham was solemnly and publicly set apart and ordained for the work of the gospel ministry by the authority of Living Way Community Church, Greer, South Carolina, on the 26th of March, 2023. Praise God for you, and we look forward to what God's doing in your life. And Justin, if you would like to say anything, and if you would pray over us as we're fixing to eat, but uh, share with us what's on your heart, brother. Twelve years ago, I came to this church, and I wouldn't take a foot, a step inside the front doors. Jesus loved somebody enough, someone who placed their faith and trust in him, to love me enough and share the gospel with me. And I will forever be thankful. It reminds me of a story that Chad shares from time to time about the starfish. And something I think we all can take something away from. You know, father and his son were walking along the beach. There's thousands of starfish just laying on the shore. And the little boy starts picking them up, just tossing them back into the water. And the father, puzzled by this, said, son, why, what are you doing? You can't make a difference. The little boy looked up at his father and said, made a difference to that one. You never know who you'll make a difference for, who you can witness to. If you were in Christ, how much would you have to hate somebody 
not to share that love with another. And if you don't know Christ, you can. Believe and repent. I thank everybody for all these years of encouragement, putting up with me when I probably wasn't so likable, probably continuing to put up with me when I continue to be not so likable at times. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. But no less than glory be to God. Because through all Him, through, through all things. Bow your heads and pray with me so we pray for this meal. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you humbly today. Lord, there were some words shared with the brother yesterday that the cross is level ground. Lord, I pray that whatever you call any one of us to do, whether it be preaching, teaching a Sunday school class, cleaning up a pantry, whatever it may be, it does nothing less than glorify your name. For those in you, Lord, I pray that you continue through your spirit to give us courage to share nothing less than your truth. But above all, Lord, we pray for those who do not know you. We pray for their souls. We're not guaranteed tomorrow, Lord. But we are guaranteed where we can go. Father, forgive us where we fail you. And above all else, thank you for your son. For our righteousness is but filthy rags. And only through him we are justified. Lord, bless the hands that prepared this meal. Let this food be nourishment to our bodies and our bodies a sacrifice to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Stand and worship with us.